0: Happy Thursday. Okay, where are all my fitness junkies at? Today's interview is going to get you so excited. I'm chatting with Casey Wilson. She is a language pathologist and also an IFBB pro. She is one of my good friends. We met in the gym in Virginia, actually, when I lived there for a short six months. She's somebody who I look up to in so many ways. She has found her love in bodybuilding and she is now a pro in the sport. I absolutely love the conversation that we have Here because guys, if you know, I did it for a few years. Bodybuilding was my life. And I decided to pivot and shift away from the sport while Casey fell in love with it. So we talked today about the different experiences that we kind of had. And also shedding some light. If you're somebody who's been looking to get into bodybuilding or competing, this is a really great conversation. So it sheds a lot of light on the ups and the downs, the hard times, the struggles of competing and the bodybuilding world. But we wanted to put it all out there for you guys. So you had the most clear view of what you might be getting yourself into if you are in the bodybuilding world Hopefully, you enjoy this conversation. I want to know which side you guys are on. How has your experience shaped the way you view the sport? So, if you guys are interested in this, or if you guys find yourself loving this conversation, like always, share it on social media, tag myself, tag Casey. We want to know what you guys are thinking. Casey's actually in the middle of her pro season right now. So, go find her on social media, hyper up, encourage her. But, guys, let's dive right into this episode. Welcome to the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. I'm your host, Annie, Air Force officer turned serial entrepreneur, author, CEO, fitness expert, and personal growth junkie. Honestly, though, guys, I'm just like you. I choose every single day to get uncomfy in pursuit of what others consider unlikely. And that's exactly how I've built a life I am freaking obsessed with. And I want you to know that you're capable of the same. Here in this fam, yes, you're officially a part of the fam. We choose every day to quit our experience. Excuses, ditch the negativity and embrace our best lives. Literally nothing is off the table when it comes to the conversations we're gonna have together. We'll chat fitness, mental health, relationships, personal growth, business, and I'm certain we're gonna laugh together. But please don't hold it against me if we cry together too. I know you'll leave this episode with the confidence and excitement to grow from your mistakes, pursue your passions, and ultimately own your life. Now let's get on with it. It's time to get uncomfy. All right. Hey, Casey, how are you? Thank you so much for being with us today on the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. Hi. Yay. We're so excited to have you. Yeah. And so, guys, like, if you don't know Casey, give us a quick little, like, spark notes, if you will, about your journey. I know we're talking today about you are, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but we're talking about bodybuilding and bikini competitions and prep and lifestyle and body image and just kind of all the stuff that go into that. So feel free to kind of spark notes of where you're coming from and who you are for everyone that doesn't know you.
1: So my name is Casey. I'm an IFBB bikini pro. I started competing in 2016. It was my second year in college. I just finished up and I just kind of jumped into this whole competing thing, having I had been working out consistently for a year or two, and someone just recommended it to me, and I dove straight in and fell in love with it. I got my pro card last year, 4th of July weekend, so July of 2019, NPC Universe, and then I competed in two pro shows last year, and I'm currently three weeks out from my next pro
0: show. I know. I'm going to say, like, you're getting close. Guys, if you don't follow... Casey, what's your Instagram handle, just for everybody? It is
1: at Casey spelled K-A-S-E-Y-L fitness underscore IFBB pro.
0: Perfect. Guys, go check her out. But that's so crazy actually because we ran into each other at the gym in Virginia and that's actually how we originally met. But I remember coming up to you and being like, you have to compete. I think you either had just stepped off the stage because I think you still yeah. had like your tan and you're like, yeah, I'm a IFBB pro. And I just remember, I was like oh my God, wait, this is so cool.
1: Sometimes I say that to people and they're like, what's an IFBB pro? And I'm like, "Uh, you have to be in the sport, I guess.
0: Oh my God. So true. It's like such a small world. But then once you're in the world, it's like so many pros, but everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows coaches, like so, so, so cool. Okay. So let's just dive in. I know you said you kind of just like fell into competing. What did the beginning of your journey look like? Was it hard? Was it... Not hard, did you kind of just go with the flow? What did that look like at first?
1: So, when I first started competing, like I said, I'd been lifting for about a year or two and I didn't know anything about diet. I've always been kind of petite, kind of thin. And I'm gonna be honest, I ate whatever the heck I wanted. Like, I'm talking McDonald's post workout, like, no (laughs) team. I was like, I'm just trying to put on muscle. Like, this is my excuse for the meals I would eat were totally bullshit. Yeah, and I knew nothing. And I was at One Life one day in Virginia and this man came up to me and said, Do you compete? You should. And I'm pretty sure I said, What is competing? What is, what is that? Like yeah, I knew <laughs> Yeah. And it wasn't as big on social media back then as it is now. I went home, looked it up and was like, Wow, this is really, really cool. I think I want to do this. So probably a week later I ran into him again and said, Yeah, do you know anyone who could coach me? And he gave me the contact information for this lady in Virginia Beach. And I set up an appointment with her, went and saw her in person. And two months later, I was on stage.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's actually kind of a crazy story. Because especially now, let's see. So that would have been 2016 that you started? Yeah. (laughs) So I remember being introduced to the bikini and, and bodybuilding world back in, would have been 20 like 14, 20, 15, through mm-hmm. Instagram. And I didn't even know that in-person coaches existed. And actually this is a topic I know you were chatting on in your Instagram, you know, okay. so actually let's dive in virtual coaches or like, you know, those, you see those big teams that coach a lot of girls on Instagram. I mean, I don't want to say on Instagram, but like yeah. that's where they kind of market. And then you have the really amazing hometown coaches that, you know, are, I think there's so many benefits of both. What's your opinion? Yeah,
1: it all comes down to what you like the best and what kind of person you're going to vibe with. For me, it was really important because I started so young. I was only I just turned 20. I was like 19 and I really wanted a female coach because I knew you're going to send pictures. You're going to be like half naked in front of this person because I wanted a woman to look at me. (laughs) So that was really important. And then Kind of the same as you. I didn't have the yeah. social media aspect in my life at that point. And so I didn't really know there were a ton of options like there are. So for me, I just kind of fell into the in-person coaching. And mm-hmm. it worked out really well because now I have a relationship with her. And I've got to train with her husband. I've seen her daughter grow up. And it's really special. She's like my second mom.
0: That's and so know, awesome. You yeah. stayed with her then mm-hmm. through the years, through going pro, through all your now- you yes. now-
1: Yeah. And I was just ranting about that on my story because so many people say that you have to be with a top name coach and you totally don't. Like it comes down to who's going to give you a winning plan and if you're going to follow that plan. So it's just like, I don't say luck, but you kind of do have to look out with your first coach. And if you get a coach and it doesn't work out, then you can always just
0: change. Yeah. And that's so, That's so crazy that you say that because that was my first experience. My first experience was, and then we can kind of talk about like what that plan was that she did give you that was the winning plan, you know, because my first experience was with a coach that, I mean, at the time I had no idea that they were not very experienced. Now looking back, I'm like, holy shit what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> because I totally put my trust. And for anybody listening who might be looking at competing, they're interested in competing. This is definitely a consideration to have. Cause I just went in and said, Oh, I typed in like bikini. Like I was following like Amanda Bucci at the time. And I was just like following her journey. I'm like, Oh my God, I need to do this. So I'm like trying to find coaches on Instagram. Cause I, that was the only place I had seen it. So I was trying to find coaches. And the first coach that I originally had literally started me off somebody with no experience. I was a gymnast, like a lot of other things going on, but I was a gymnast and athlete, you know, working out very active and all of a sudden put me on a diet. It was a bro diet. So no hate to that, but a bro diet of like 1100 calories starting.
1: Yeah. and at,
0: that. Literally. And at the time I was like, this is just, this is what it is. And I guess this is just the struggle of competing. And I ordered a suit. I registered for a show. I did everything. And I actually only made it, I think I did eight weeks of prep and we were trying to do a 16 week prep. Ooh. And I, yeah. And I only made it eight weeks. And then I was like, I can't do this. Cause we went from 1100 calories to, I don't even want to know when you start that low
1: it's like you don't have anywhere to go down
0: nowhere to go so yeah like what did your plan look like and again I just want to preface to everybody listening is like everybody's body's different and and Casey's probably gonna maybe touch on that but like everybody's body's different so her saying that hey this is what I did obviously in finding a coach finding a coach that's gonna chat with you about where you're at what your goals are what your starting point is that's important but let's chat about yeah like what was that first plan that you started with
1: yeah. So I will just start out by saying, if you're thinking about competing and you're looking into coaches, don't be afraid to interview them and ask them questions. If yeah. you're a person who loves macro tracking, get a coach who doesn't, if it fits your macros. If you're like me, I like structure. I don't care if I eat the same things every day. I follow a meal plan and that's what I've done since day one, but my meal plans have changed drastically. As you diet, your body becomes adjusted to said diet. Yeah. So when I first started, I was eating things like cheese and English muffins and ground turkey and prep. And now I wish I could have that because now I'm eating tilapia and (laughs) vegetables and sweet potatoes and hardly any carbs. But it's just because your body gets adjusted to that. So kind of be prepared that where you start might not be where you finish. Yeah, It just depends on how long you've been dieting prior to starting this journey.
0: Yeah. And exactly that is like, everybody's body is different in terms, of, I know you just said like, and this was a question I was actually asking you later, but we're here now. We're going to chat about it. Is that digging deep? You're close mm-hmm. to your show. So you're about, you said three weeks and a little bit out from your show. And so I know you're probably at that point now where you're digging deep. What does, if you're comfortable sharing, what does that look like? What does your day look like?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm fortunate that I can work from home. I'm a speech therapist. So I kind of structured my season around the summers because I work in the school. So I don't have to work in the summers. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm doing a little bit of summer school, but it's not a big commitment. And then I go to the gym and I always structure my meal plan around my gym time so that I can have my carbs pre-workout and Mm post-workout. So that might look like only two carb meals. Then I'll save those for the afternoon when I go to the gym by like, five o'clock, this is a great example of this, <laughs> four or five o'clock, I start to wait, because I just don't have the energy to do it anymore, I'm so fortunate to have my boyfriend, who helps me out, and,
0: oh, that's so amazing, I was actually gonna ask you about that, too, but yeah,
1: yeah, we went to Walmart yesterday, and I had the worst headache, I think it was just being hungry, being tired, and I was like, please help me, and he was like, do you want me to push you in the cart? <laughs> no, don't need to be pushing the car. Like, yes, but, but no, no
0: but kind of. <laughs> exactly.
1: So you're pulling energy out of places you didn't know you had. Yeah.
0: It I love that. I, that was one of the things I loved about prep and I loved about competing was it's like, it's setting a goal. And then you ultimately hit a point where you're like, I don't know <laughs> how I'm going to do this, but you take it meal by meal, day by day, workout by workout. Honestly, at some points I was taking it hour by hour and you figure it out and getting to that point where you're on that stage and you're Mm -hmm. there is such a great feeling. So I was going to ask you, you know, what are both sides of that question? You know, what are the lowest lows? What are the hardest times? Cause we're just being real here. I want people to listen. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, we see abs, we see sparkles and suits and Mm -hmm. heels and like I love what I was saying about you when I was we were chatting about this podcast is like I love how you're you're like real like you're I feel like I don't just see like I don't know like the the competition mm-hmm. you know the one post that you didn't even know she was prepping you know what I mean like you kind of show all of it so what are the low lows and the hard things that you do have to push through
1: so for me I started competing cuz I love lifting I love training like a bodybuilder I love the pump so mm-hmm all my girls who love to lift, you know what a yep. pump is. You love it. Okay. When you are in prep, I'm kind of hitting that point now where your carbs are so low, your muscles just can't get full and you're training and you're training hard and it hurts, but you don't feel that pump in your muscle.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: is probably the toughest for me.
0: Yeah. And,
1: Cause you don't feel big. There are times where you just feel Flat, you feel skinny. But yeah. the way my coach diets me is we kind of diet down low so that we can fill back up at the end. Yeah. On show day, I'll have more carbs, I'll have more water, and that'll fill out my muscles. But in order to get to that point, you have to be really depleted. Yeah. And the feeling of being depleted is the worst.
0: It's hard. Yeah. Like gym wise, energy wise, life wise. Have you like seen or struggled with like, friendships in times of prep where you're like I want to go out with my friends but they just like maybe you have friends that aren't of the same mindset sometimes has that ever been a struggle for you
1: yeah absolutely so I think that's been a part of the evolution of my competing journey Mm -hmm. when I first started I was in college I was in a sorority got my sorority sweatshirt on (laughs) and it was hard because People didn't understand that I didn't want to go out on Friday and drink. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go out to day drinks on Saturday or get cookout at 2 a.m. It just wasn't conducive to my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But as I became more serious about the sport and I could articulate to my friends, this is important to me. I want to succeed and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get there. The people who weren't supportive slowly dropped out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: of my life and the people who were supportive became more active in my life yeah. so I have really strong friendships with the people that truly support me the most I
0: love that but
1: it's still hard because you still want to go out and like have fun with your friends the best thing I can do is to go out and try to be quote-unquote normal yeah and no that doesn't mean you can always drink but you can still go out and have fun
0: right you know yeah. so. one of the biggest like mindset shifts for me during prep was like realizing and disassociating food with events and celebrations and pleasures and friendships. And I had to like kind of separate the two and be like, you know what, I can still be here, be present, love my relationships, love my people, and not feel like I need to indulge and binge and have 20 million meals or whatever, you know? So I'm sure you've experienced that as well.
1: Yeah. When I go places, I'll bring my food with me Mm -hmm. and everyone else might be eating from whatever, at a wedding, everyone's eating from the buffet and I have my Tupperware. And you know what? I look a little silly, but I'm there with my friends and that's all that matters.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, it really is setting a goal, making a sacrifice and working toward that. And I so, so, so respect athletes, yourself and other pros, other people that aren't yet pro, but they are devoted to this lifestyle because you know, at the end of the day, like I had to make that decision. I competed in three shows and qualified for nationals. And I was like, I was dead set that I was like, I was going to show up to nationals that next year. I was going to go all in. And then I had a point where I was like, you know, I pivoted to be quite honest. I realized I did have other goals in my life that did take precedence. But when I see people that are like on season, off season building prepping, like it's like, it's so inspiring to just see you like showing up for yourself and for your goals all the time, regardless of what people say, regardless of whatever else is going on. I just, I love that. So that
1: yeah. Awesome. Um, oh, I love that you said that you pivoted because I think a lot of girls get stuck in this. I have to compete. I have to become a pro. I have to make it to the Olympia. Yeah. And that's not true. Even if I wasn't a pro right now, this sport completely changed my lifestyle and the way I view food, the way I view my health. And of course I want to keep competing as a pro, but one day when I decide I want to be a mom, I want to get married, I can step away from this at any point. And I feel like a lot of people just get stuck in that tunnel vision kind of situation. And there's a lot more to competing than just winning
0: and
1: competing on and on.
0: So true. No, I love that you said that. And for everybody that's listening to this, and maybe they're thinking of Competing and they haven't really, like, maybe they haven't deep dived into like the why of it. Would you say that it's pretty important to have a why before you start? Or I know you said you kind of just like winged it, but like, how important do you think that is, you know, along the way? I think maybe in the first competition, not so much, but as you keep going, it's got to be part of it, right?
1: Yeah, it's super important to have a why. And even in my first competition, when I was just going for it, my why was to have fun. Yeah, and that's still part of my why is why do I do it I just like it I think it's fun I like the prep and it's genuinely just to have fun win or lose it's rewarding and of course you're gonna have like a deeper why like I have my why as far as I want to inspire other women to do this and
0: Mm.
1: all that but the superficial why of just liking it that's good enough
0: yeah No, so true. Oh my gosh. I love that. You just said that. How now based off of that, because I feel like your mindset right now is like so great. So positive. I know you said you're like having trouble focusing and your energy levels and all that, which is to be expected, but like, how do you maintain a positive mindset and a healthy relationship with food and a healthy relationship with your body and all the changes that happen? How do you keep that, you know, so healthy? Yeah.
1: So healthy mindset. I do a lot of journaling and Mm -hmm. I feel like I've seen you post a little bit about that too. And I know it's pretty common, especially for women in the fitness sphere. I love journaling. Mm -hmm. I love writing down my gratitudes at the end of the day. I love writing down my goal. Every single night I write down, I want to place top five at a pro show. Every single night I write down that goal. And that really helps me stay focused. Mm -hmm. positive relationship with food is hard because being in a prep diet that's so strict it changes your mindset with food it changes how you feel about it Mm -hmm. and I talked about this a little bit on another podcast but I don't work with a coach in my off season in my off season I do like an intuitive eating approach so yeah yeah. because personally I hate tracking macros I'll kind of loosely track in my head where it's like, okay, well, I know my oatmeal is 30 grams of carbs. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going off the deep end. I know how to structure every meal with a protein, a carb, a veggie. I do like one fruit a day. My intuitive eating is still mindful. Maybe we can call it mindful eating now. Yeah. Makes more sense. (laughs) But so for me, that helps a lot with the relationship with food because I'm not just seeing food as numbers. I'm not seeing it as I have to hit 200 grams of carbs. It gives me a little bit of freedom to have different foods that are healthy, that are still fun, and Mm -hmm. experiment with new recipes, things like that. Yeah. I I couldn't imagine if I was on a structured diet 24-7, 365, my relationship with food would be horrible.
0: I think that's so cool that you do that, that you are so structured and then you still give yourself space and freedom and, Mm -hmm. and a little bit of flexibility with the mindfulness. I know in my experience, and one of the reasons that I ultimately did decide I needed to kind of pivot out of that lifestyle is I was counting macros 24, seven, 365, Mm -hmm. and I reverse dieted and then prepped and then off season and then reverse dieted. I did a mini cut Mm -hmm. and you know, It was always something, and I found myself at a point where I couldn't look at food as anything else other than, oh, this is 23 grams carbs, this is four grams of fat, and 15 grams of protein, and then that's just like what it was, and it wasn't anything else. It was damaging to me in that, and then also now kind of getting into the body image thing was even when I was on reverse diet with working with a coach while you're off season, I found myself like I was working mentally on that body image and like sending check-ins and progress pictures and I would be feeling good and it's okay. The weight, the scale's a little bit up, but I'm strong. My lifts are great. I feel great. Energy's up. And I'd get a response back being like, ah, we should do a cut or like, ah, you need to tone this or, ah, you know, so I love that you said you give yourself that little bit of like, breathing time I think that's important especially for people maybe looking maybe looking to continue competing and maybe they don't have that balance right now but that's a really cool approach
1: yeah I love that you said the way you were looking at your body was more than just the scale getting stronger is like the best part of the reverse diet and oh my god it's so it, fun it's like it's so much more than the scale it's so much more than looking shredded you like quite literally have to put on body fat in order to gain muscle yeah like, literally your body won't let you just gain muscle willy-nilly right it's like having a coach and like being your own coach getting feedback from people but you know your body mm-hmm. and you know what you need you yeah. know you what you're thinking you know how your self-talk is your coach doesn't know that your coach does not know unless you tell them that you go home and beat yourself up in the mirror every day mm-hmm. that you cry when you step on the scale they don't know that do what you need you know yourself
0: it's yeah like, I love that. Have you, so have you ever struggled with that in the off season? And even though the logic side says I'm going to gain body fat, I'm going to gain weight. I get that. And I remember like hyping myself up. So I was like, I know this is going to happen. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. I love it. And then it was happening and I was like, Oh, not ready for this.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I think I'm kind of fortunate that I don't gain a ton in my off season. Usually max 15 pounds over my stage weight. Mm-hmm. So, I'm luckier that I'm a little bit on the lean side to begin with.
0: Yeah, yeah, you did say that.
1: Right. Fortunate because I know that is not the case for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. But it is still
1: hard to see all the shreds slowly disappear. Yeah. And being okay with it. But the one thing I do is just focus on strength, focus on the numbers like how much am I squatting now? How much can I deadlift now? As opposed to the scale number. And I won't weigh myself in the off season. Yeah. Like, who cares? I only even weigh myself once a week on prep. Like, your weight fluctuates so much every day. That's silly.
0: That's, like, so, so true. Actually, while in prep, I was weighing myself every day, and it was crazy to see. Like, I'd wake up feeling great, and I'd be like, why am I up, like, a pound, 1.7 pounds? Like, you'd be like, what the heck? But it was literally because I was going to get my period two days later, or I ate an hour later than I usually do or two hours later. It's just like our bodies are so crazy like that. So you're, you're so right. I mean, like even in prep, it's so much more than your weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And stress has always been a huge factor for me. If I stress myself out and then I look on the scale, I weigh more and then it's this repetitive cycle <laughs> where I weigh more. And then I stress about the fact that I'm weighing more and then I weigh more again and my digestion gets screwed up and it's just, yeah, yeah it's not a good situation to weigh myself every day. But again, you know yourself, you know your body. Some people can disassociate from that number. Good for them. I can't.
0: Yeah. That <laughs> me. Anyway. Real, real talk. So I know you were talking about, you're so grateful for your boyfriend. So Chris is also in the bodybuilding world, right? Yeah. And he and you get to do that kind of alongside each other. Do you, did you guys meet while in prep? Did you meet before? What did that look like?
1: Yeah, so I met Chris kind of on social media, and then I saw him at my gym. I knew he went to my gym, but I had just gotten out of a relationship with someone else that was really a not healthy relationship, not a supportive relationship, and I missed my pro card by one spot right before that relationship ended. So I didn't get my pro card, ended it with my boyfriend, and I told myself, I'm not going to date anyone else until I get my pro card. I just want to focus on this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So then, coincidentally, I started becoming friends with Chris as I was prepping for my pro card, and we would train together. He would come with me to my check-ins with my coach, like everything that he does now. He was just doing with me as friend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. People were like, "Oh, like your boyfriend Chris," and I'm like, "That's not my boyfriend." <laughs> but bang! <laughs> and then I think a week or two after I got my pro card, we like officially started dating. Oh, so, yeah. He was there for me, even though it wasn't in, like, official terms.
0: I freaking love it. I mean, those are the best relationships. That's how Kyle and I started dating. We were friends first. It's so cool to see people show up for you outside of just a relationship and be like, you know, this is definitely a person I want to hang out with.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's cool to have someone in the sport, too, because we can bounce ideas off each other. When I start talking about bodybuilding, he doesn't want to, like, kill me. Yes. Yeah. We watched the there was the first bikini pro show of the season since COVID yep. last week. And he was like, well, do you want to watch it on Stephanie's live feed? And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to watch it. And so we watched it together.
0: Uh, I love Not that every hint, boyfriend like, would do that. Tuned into that. Yeah, that was definitely a stressor for us. Kyle was a college football player. I was college gymnast and very into sports, but more into just like the fun of lifting and so when I got really serious about it I think I was like taking the fun out of it for him but I love seeing couples like y'all like push each other and motivate each other I remember actually one time in Virginia I was working out and I saw y'all guys working out together and it was just so cool to see you guys like separate, but also like you're there together. I don't know. It was just a cool vibe. So I decided to bring that up. I
1: feel like um, we have to do that because like bikini girl, I have to work my glutes and he has to work his <laughs> biceps sometimes. And sometimes we just can't work out the same way.
0: Yeah, so true. So then the opposite side, I know I asked you, you know, the struggles, the hard, the push through moments, what are the big fulfillment moments, the excitement moments, the things that make it worth it?
1: Oh, show day. Show day is what makes it worth it. Well, I'll back up a little bit. Prep is worth it too, because every time you go and you have that good check-in and you see the progress photos, I have these out-of-body experiences where I'm like, wait, that's what I look like? Have I looked like that all week? And I just didn't know. The same thing happens on show day. When you see everything come together with the hair, the makeup, the stage, it's like, I have an out-of-body experience every time when I see those photos. I'm like, that's me.
0: It's like, I did that. Yeah. Damn. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's fulfilling to know.
0: Yeah. It's so, so fun. And one of the last questions I wanted to ask, when you, I know you talked about eventually you know, you're going to want to get married, you're going to want to have babies, you're going to want to, you know, transition out of the bodybuilding world. Do you think, just kind of looking forward, do you think it's going to be a hard transition? Do you think it's going to be, you know, simple and seamless? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, man, I don't even want to talk about it. It makes (laughs) me sad to know I can't do this forever. Right. it, one thing I will say that's cool and keeps me motivated is once you're a bikini pro, you're one for life. So even if I want to take five, 10 years off and have kids, I can always go back and compete in the master's division when I'm older, when I'm like 40, if I want it. That
0: is cool, actually. I didn't know that. So, yeah.
1: But I really want to keep my eyes and my hands in the sport, even when I'm done. If that means like coaching girls or doing posing coaching, you can judge there's so many ways to stay active and I think that's what's going to help me transition off the stage and more as like a stage mom because yeah. kind of I love the way my coach is like my stage mom I'd love to be that person for some other girls.
0: I love that I love how it's like it's such a family honestly mm-hmm. and it's such a tight-knit community and so I can see what you mean when you say like to think about that is hard and and <laughs> sad and I'm sure anybody that has that feeling and that place with like a sport or with a community or with something, it's crazy to think of your life without that. Yeah, so I get that. But it sounds like you know that you'll have a place. It'll have a place in your heart at least forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so kind of wrapping things up, but I always love to ask everybody the last two questions. So the first one is, what is your hard no and your hell yes? So this can be like, a hard no, like this could be in relation to anything. It'd be like, hard no, never freaking do this. Don't even think about it. Never oh do it. And then like your hell yes of like, hell yes, do this today. Go on. And you'd have to do this.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hard. Okay. Hmm. So hard no would be living somewhere cold. Mm. I hate the cold. Me too. Um, Yeah. I always say like, I never want to live North of Virginia. When I was in college and I lived in the mountains, I hated every second of it. (laughs) My (laughs) boyfriend planned to move to Florida. So yeah, like the cold, we don't do that. Hell yes. Competing. That's (laughs) the hell yes. Because if you're thinking about it, just freaking do it. Like the worst case scenario is you start your prep and you don't like it and you don't do it. You miss the shots you don't take. So just freaking do it, you know?
0: and preach. I'm so yeah. glad, honestly, like, even though I did pivot away and I, I keep saying that word pivot because it's exactly what it is. It's not quitting or giving up. It's just a pivot. It's a, you know, a change. And even though I did that, the pretty much like two, three years that I was really in the bodybuilding world, I'm so grateful for that. Like I learned so much about myself, about grit, work ethic. I learned that I can set a goal and do it. <laughs> yeah. It
1: is like life-changing, seriously.
0: Yeah, it, it really, really, really is. Great experience, so I love that. Now, because I love to show that we're all human here on the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast, we all have embarrassing moments and funny things and cringeworthy, like, yeah. things we did in the past. So I always ask everybody, what is an embarrassing memory that you can share with us today? Okay, well, blanket
1: statement. Everything from 6th
0: grade until 11th grade, I would classify
1: as embarrassing. Okay? <laughs> like, like I me not the cool girl. <laughs>
0: like, it's it's bad, okay? Which is crazy, because you're, like, drop-dead gorgeous, though. So I can't even, like, imagine that.
1: <laughs> I'll have to, like, throw out some throwbacks on Instagram so people can be like, whoa, that girl is not cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah. So... One of the things that's totally different than how I am now was like I was a super band nerd.
0: Oh my god, and, no way! What did yeah, you? Play? I was in
1: marching band, and I was a drum major. Like I was the lead band nerd. Guys. Oh my god! Okay? Yeah, I didn't play sports. I no nope, band nerd. <laughs> now, if you were in band and you hear this and I offended you, I'm sorry. I love band. I love music. But, I
0: love uh,
1: it. So I have this one memory when I was a freshman in high school, we used to have to take the buses from the high school to where the football stadium was mm-hmm. with all our band stuff on it and usually after the football games we'd get back late and of course I was like this ninth grader and I was like quirky and didn't really know boy and stuff and there was this one guy who was older than me and he was like kind of like being flirty with me and stuff and mm-hmm. I was like all about it because I thought it was so cool that he was older than me and he was popular and We ended up staying after at the high school after everyone left like all the buses left and we were under the bleachers in like the basketball court (laughs) we were like making out and stuff and (laughs) i guess like neither of us realized that everyone had already left the school and my parents were trying to pick me up right yeah so my dad's like texting me from the front of the high school and i think like his mom was doing the same thing and they didn't know where we were at, so they were looking everywhere for us. Our band director was like panicking because he lost <gasps> these two students. Oh, okay. So then when we came out, I was like, "This is so embarrassing!" Like I had to basically tell my dad, like, "Oh yeah, we we're just making out under the bleachers." <gasps> and then our band director like knew forever, like, "Oh Casey
0: and so and so were like making out and got in trouble."
1: <laughs> yeah, that was
0: Sorry. Oh, my gosh.
1: Whoopsie. Whoops. And now he's happily married, so good. Okay. Good for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. He probably doesn't even remember that either, but I just remember being mortified.
0: Or he does, and he was also just asked about his most embarrassing moment on a podcast, and that's the same moment you he You never did. know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I freaking love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Casey, where can we find you? I know we said your Instagram before, but anywhere else that you are at, if people have questions about competing, can they DM you? What's the switch?
1: Yeah, Instagram is the best place. Definitely DM me. I love responding to people in my DMs. So yeah, yeah. I'm an open book. If anyone has questions, don't hesitate to
0: ask. Perfect. Well, we will link your Instagram in the show notes and thank you so much for your time and your insight and good luck in three weeks and a few days. We are rooting for you. Top five at a pro show. I'm going to manifest it for you also. So yes,
1: that's the goal. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yay. Of course, this is so fun and I will talk to you later. That's it for today, everybody. Bye. That is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Hey, I'd be so grateful if you took one second to send this podcast to one person you know would love it. And also don't forget, leave a five-star review because honestly, go big or freaking go home, Becky, okay? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or a follow if you're listening through Spotify. Also, go ahead and check this out at letsgetuncomfy.podcast and myself at Annie underscore fitlifefitme on Instagram. Tag us in your stories. Let me know how you're getting uncomfy and what you loved about today's episodes. Now, go do it. Go get uncomfy. Pursue what others consider unlikely I double dog barrier.